Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Keeper Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping, over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for all of us out there. OEM parts, gear, plastics, whatever you want, Rocky Mountain has it. And of course, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. Can you guess what my favorite gear is? Light hydrogen fly racing gear. One of these guys in the studio today needs some of that shit, and we're going to try to get dial him in because he's hurting bad. But if you guys are hurting, if you have a buddy that's hurting like I do, go to flyracing.com, check him out. Light hydrogen, kinetic mesh, Evo. You're a BMX guy, you're a mountain bike guy, you're a snow guy or a girl. They have it all. Go check him out, flyracing.com. Last but certainly not least, Racetech, Racetech.com is the one-stop shop to get your engine service done, suspension, revalve, resprung, oil change, bushings. You guys need it done. If you guys have 15 to 20 hours on your suspension, it's time to get rebuilt. Racetech does it. Go check them out, Racetech.com. And if you need a contact at Racetech, email me at chris at keyforingtesting.com. And I'll get you a contact for racer racer prices is what I kind of wanted to go about. But I'm not going to dip into all that. But email me. I'll get you a contact, get you a good price, and get your stuff on down the road and get you back so you can go bow riding. So today is day two and last day of 250 MX shootouts. Sorry it took so damn long. Weather came in, blew out a whole week. And I had some scheduled testing already on the calendar, so I couldn't dip out of that. So I had to wait another week to get you guys this podcast and test. Just to preface this, we went to a different track. First day, sunrise, of course, you guys know what that's about. We went to a desert track from my house that's rough, choppy, sandy, clay, hills. Very good test track. I've been there a couple times with a couple suspension manufacturers to test some baseline settings. I've been there a couple times with two different manufacturers to test. So if they approve of this track to test, it's good enough for me. So I brought out six riders today, got their opinions, and you're going to listen to them all talk about a little over an hour's worth of bantering back and forth, more of a roundtable style versus individual. But you guys get the point. And we racked up the notes, the opinions, and we have a day two winner, so I'm going to bring in my guests here that are in the studio. Joe Aloff, David Waxon, Waxoff Martinez, you'll know why if you listen to the podcast, why we call him that. And Jeremy Dirksen, G- oh, Jeremy GP Dirksen, we should call him that because he's more of a desert guy. But so day two results are in. So winning day two is the Yamaha YZ250F. 
Second place, Honda CRF 250R. Third place, KTM 250SXF. Fourth place, Kawasaki coming in fourth. Doesn't seem like a great finish, but it's good for Kawasaki. Fifth, Husqvarna FC 250. Sixth place, Suzuki RMZ 250. That's today's results. Joe, does that sound right? Yeah, I think I had the Husky and the Cowie switched on mine. But, uh, yeah, Yamaha for sure. Number one, does everything great. Yep. Um, yeah, it, as soon as you wrote it, it's like, okay, this thing's going to be hard to beat. Right. Um, so I brought these guys in today just to kind of to preface these interviews. You'll hear their interviews here after this little introduction. Um, but let's just get to it. We're going to give the overall results right now. Um, combining day one and day two results. And you can hear my opinion in this podcast, so stay tuned for that. And my result does count. Um, Six riders today. We had seven riders the first day. That is 13 different opinions on two different types of tracks. There's a lot of information here. So I know some of you guys dip out after you have your results. You're good. Like, oh, I got the results. I'm out. But there's a lot to learn in these individual interviews. Trust me, we talk about a lot of things, not just dirt bikes. We kind of go off the the rails a little bit at times, like we did today. Maybe. (laughs) So make sure you guys stay tuned and uh, listen to everything here. But um, overall winner, congratulations, Blue Crew. No surprise, it's been winning most of the media shootouts, I think, besides one. Um, YZ250F, congrats to... All the R&D guys over at Yamaha. It was a unanimous decision today on day two on the rough track. The YZ250F takes the cake simply because, Joe, Jay, why? Um, for me. <clears throat> for me a, Joe's yeah, not going through puberty, sick, everybody. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just balls, getting over being my sick. My balls just dropped. <laughs> but uh, no, for me, um, you hopped on it, and this track is gnarly. It's It's not a track where... I mean, you want something that's not going to make you feel comfortable. So uh, I hopped on it, felt good. It's got great power, great chassis, suspension's great. No, it does everything good. You just you can't really you can't beat it. Yeah, unlike Sunrise, where the Honda and Yamaha were really damn close, today was really no comparison. Um, Yamaha took the took the win in every category pretty much because of different track conditions. Simply put. Um, Moving on to second place. Overall, surprisingly, I, and honestly, I did not think it would do second place. And I, in my personal ranking, it got fourth. But second overall, Honda CRF 250R. Jay? Yeah, it was good. Uh, it's easy to corner. Uh, motor's really good. Suspension's good. It's just that one click off of what a Yamaha should be. Yeah, so it doesn't have the torque as a Yamaha does. I would say it rivals... And David, you can chime in on this. I think it rivals Yamaha's YZ250F suspension. It's pretty damn, pretty damn good, but just not quite as much comfort, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the Yamaha is a little more stable. Where the Honda uh, suspension is really good. It's just that it's not quite as stable or balanced as Yamaha. And the motor, if you're not in the sweet spot, it's just doesn't not as good as Yamaha. Period. Yeah. If you the, the harder you ride the Honda, the more it rewards you. So. Um, it's not so down on torque that you're going to hate life, but it just doesn't have that sheer third gear ability like the Yamaha YZ250F. Correct. Um, third place, rounding out the podium, KTM 250 SXF. For me, I think 
ah, it's, it's close. I think the engine's really good. Um, the thing that it's lacking is comfort in the fork today. That really stood out to me. Um, it needed a little bit more front end feeling in the in the bumps and in that hard pack clay type stuff that we were in. The softer the track, the better the suspension works. Joe, you're a KTM owner, not a two fifty owner, but yep. you like KTM's. And what do you think about KTM getting third in the shootout? Um, I agree with that. That's where I had it in, in my personal uh, ranking. Um, yeah, great power. Um, you can lug the bike. You can short you know you can leave it in second rev it whatever um but just that front end feel especially like you said in the hard pack you know going into rutted turns going through rutted turns um just doesn't give you that planted feel uh, a little nervous um in the you know in the bumps yeah i i concur so um it actually for me my personal pick today was second um just because i'm i'm used to an air fork and I feel like I like the engine a lot. I like the pulling power that the KTM comes with. And it just, it's meaty, but yet I can rev it. And second and third gear is really usable. So that's why I ranked it high in my um, ranking today. Fourth place, overall, Husqvarna FC 250. KTM and Husky don't like to be compared to each other. They want to be separated. But, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. It, they're damn they're damn near the same bike. There's a few differences: swing arm, airbox, muffler, handlebars, and to me, there is a change in feeling when I ride it. Um, mm. I do think the FC250 has more comfort, but it's a little bit slower of a revving bike. And in 250 class, you want that thing to pop around, correct, Dave? It yeah, there's definitely a distinct difference between the two, and maybe it's just the plastic or bars i don't know but the suspension on the husky uh we talked about earlier is definitely a little bit more uh springy feeling mm-hmm. um and maybe that's just the swing arm rigidity i don't know but um the clutch feels the same the motors are good um so they're definitely really close to the way they feel fifth place overall kawasaki kx250 they don't call them an f anymore I just want to let everybody know that's kx250 there's no f it finished good today um, I think because of its snappy bottom-end response and spring fork, I think today was a key for spring forks because how rough and choppy and and just overall how n- different the track was today. So, But in the ranking, fifth overall, not much. Actually, 0.0 change from last year's bike, and I'm pretty damn sure it finished fifth last year, fourth or fifth. Um, things to take away from the Cowie, Joe. Um, I don't know. It's weird that it finishes down that low because it's, it's a really good bike. Um, I know everybody says that a million times, but, um, like I felt great on it, riding it. Um, but just other bikes did a a few things a little better. So, um, and like I said, it's, it's a great bike and I think we're just splitting hairs to here. So, um, there's just a few things that other bikes did a little better that, than it did, you know, so that's why it ranked. I think I had it in fifth as well, but uh, I don't know. It just it's kind of weird that it finishes down that low because you feel really good on it. Great power, um, like you said, the spring forks were really good today. Um, maybe shock could use a little bit of you know adjustment and a little help there, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird that it finishes fifth. Jay, you're a GP guy, desert kid. Stability is key for you. Do you like that KX stability? 
Uh, I do, uh, as far as the front end. Back yep. end was just a little too soft for me. Yep. Um, Which we'll, we don't have to discuss weight here, but you guys will get that in the interviews. But um, you want, you, you maybe know corner as good as you want to. Yeah. Because you don't get a lot of that in the Dez, right? Not too much. Yeah. <laughs> so engine feeling on the Cowie okay for you, though? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of those those good, you know, reliable motors where it's going to, Kind exciting. of push you through. It, it's not as exciting as like the Honda, I would say. Okay, but it's it's up there. Yeah. Um, sixth place Suzuki RMZ250. <sighs> Sigh, <clears throat> RM Army members. I'm 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 really thinking about this methodically in my brain. If I had to choose which bike I would want, I think I would rather take the RMZ250 over the RMZ450 simply because. I feel like there's more promise in this RMZ250 engine slash chassis package than the 450. I like the bottom end snap. This thing corners excellent. I think tip in to mid corner. This is the best bike. If we could put a lit pro or like a little numbering system on each bike and you guys could highlight these numbers over our heads while we ride, I would love to show you where these bikes rank at certain points of the track. And you would see the number one highlight over our helmets right at tip-in into the mid-corner. I feel like this is the bike that does it the best. Um, it just needs a little bit more engine, guys. It needs a little bit more engine power. It needs a little bit more um, forgiveness in the chassis. It's rigid. And it needs to be sprung. It needs to decrease the spring rate, simply put. It needs a softer, supple feel. Anyone? You said around the bike turns really good, and I have it. Um, it's the Suzuki. I think has the potential to be really good if you got the suspension dialed in, um, because that's the only thing for me that held it back was the front forks, especially just way too rigid. Right. Uh, that's it. And that I think if you got that bike dialed in and did a, um, I took a two ETF and put stuff on it to make it work better. I wonder how it would do in the shootout like what you guys are doing for the 450. Yeah, we're, we've been working with these bikes, at least the 450s after we're done, so we'll continue to do that with these 250s. Probably nothing on the KTM and Husqvarna because those manufacturers will be taking these bikes back. So for you 350 guys, chill out. I got a 350. We're going to do some 350 stuff, so I'm going to just chill the F down. That's coming. And for you two-stroke guys, I'm not a big two-stroke guy, okay? But I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to ride two-strokes. I did. I do have a check in here from a two-stroke championship that we're staring at. It's only two hundred dollars. I probably could shit out two hundred dollars, but whatever. All you need for a two-stroke. I don't even know why I even have a check for two hundred dollars in here. That's lame. Bucks, get your top end on a two-stroke. Two hundred. That's true. Okay, I got some two-stroke mafia guy barking at me in the studio. So, anyway, put the mic on if you're going to talk. If you're going to bark at me. Oh, here he goes. Now he's going to step in. Two hundred bucks, top end on a two-stroke. That's all go. I'm saying. All right. So, all right, overall, congratulations, Yamaha. Man, Yamaha swept 250 and 450 shootouts this year. And, hey, that wasn't on me, dude. Everyone's like, oh, Kiefer, Yamaha. <laughs> I, I wasn't me, okay? I wasn't even in the 450 shootout, and it won. I was just in this 250 shootout on day two, okay? And it, it won everything, so that wasn't on me. But Yamaha did a great job with both bikes, so... Let's, let's, let's call it how I see it. They both have characters that a lot of people like. And when you listen to this podcast today, guys, 
How we test it today is how we do it in production form. When I go test with manufacturers, manufacturers, there's maybe two to three test riders. There's a baseline SAG guy, which is the middle guy. I was the baseline SAG guy today. I'm the middle weight guy. So I set the SAG to my weight. Everyone had to work around the SAG with my weight. That really shows the window and the box that each one of these bikes are in. Can some bikes you know, get make someone happy that's 220 pounds? You're going to find out in these interviews. So that's what I wanted to do in this shootout. No one's really doing that. But that's how there's – a, there's a bike in your guys' garage, right? That's how that thing was developed. There was three test guys. There was a middle ground dude. And everyone had to work around that. The lighter guy had to find a happy setting with the middle ground. The heavier guy had to find a happy setting with the middle ground. So that's how we did our test today, guy. It really showed in our test results. So I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Get through it because it's a fun one. There's a lot of laughs. You'll learn. It's a good one. So thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, Jeremy, Joe, David. You listen to these interviews coming up. And of course, if you guys have any questions, I'm an open book. You can't be asking Jody or Don these questions. No, they're not going to get back to you. I do. Well, 95% of the time, as long as it's a good question. I can't answer dumb shit. Chris at keyforinktesting.com. I will get back to you. Hit me up with the questions. And of course, please, 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 please support the advertisers that support this podcast. It keeps this sucker running. It's my kid's birthday today. I got to take him to dinner, and I got to buy him dinner, so it helps me out. So thank you guys for listening. And hey, discount codes are in the commercials, so listen to the commercials too. All right, stay tuned for the interviews. Stay tuned. So we're back from testing. Day two, final day of 250 shootouts. Again, rough track, hills, clay, sand, a little bit of everything, some rolling whoops, but mostly square edge and brakey bumps down the hills. So... Both these guys, of course, you guys know them. They've been around for a little bit. They did my shootouts before. Kelly Galehouse and Big Air Todd. I'm not even going to use Todd's last name because he needs no introduction. Well, Electric Diesel, that's what you know Big Air Todd from. So anyway, give me your guys' uh, names, height, stats, marital status. Bust it out, Kel. All right, Kelly Galehouse, heterosexual marriage, non-transgender. Uh-huh. Uh Heavyweight, 225 on a good day after a good morning, a cup of coffee. And uh, What kind I, of motocrosser are you? I'm a poor motocrosser. Like I'm, B? Uh, B with the slow groups, probably like more C. No. Wow. He's B. He's B, everybody. Todd, what you got? Todd, Shakwa, 5'8", 155 pounds, 51 years old, been riding my whole life, uh, ex-pro motocross racer back in my youth. Lots of injuries. So I wanted to get, uh, of course, you guys listen to introduction, a wide spectrum of guys from 155, which you are, right, Todd? Yes. And you got Kel pushing 220. Pushing it. Yeah, we're 220. <laughs> I'm in the middle of about 170. So, again, we set the baseline SAG settings for me and worked our way around it to see how big of the box each bike had because that is similar to what production testing is. So we're just going to move it along real quick. I'm sure from looking at my paper, six places different from both of you. So we'll start with Big Air Todd. What you got for sixth? 
Uh, Husqvarna for me for sixth. And the reasons were it just never felt like it was very planted. It felt unpredictable. It felt like for every action, there was a reaction. And it was uh, it, it caught me off guard a little bit, scared me. Couldn't ride it to I, its potential by any means. So it just wasn't set up for me, and I wasn't comfortable all day on it. Yeah, and you were at Sunrise the first day. Now yes. we're at a totally different track. It was an amazing test track today. It had everything, all the diversity of all the trains, from sand to you know hard pack to clay to ruts. You know, uh, great place to test bikes. What about engine character on the Husky? Is that up to par for you, or is it just mostly chassis feeling for you? For- it's, it's chassis, especially on a track like we were at today, where it's pretty technical, where you're really not hanging off the back into the bike and relying a lot on the motor like you say like at Glen Helen on the big hills. Um, it was just chassis feel today for sure. Yeah, for me, and again, today I actually put my results in the shootout. Um, I felt like uh, I heard it back from enough of you guys out there through my email that you want to know my opinion. I kind of try to remove myself. But for me, and maybe you can attest to this, Air Fork kind of was down on comfort today with more bumps um, we had a little bit harder packed chop and whenever you go to a hard packed track, the comfort of these AER forks kind of get magnified really. Well, quick. I never, until you just mentioned that I never thought of that, but that makes perfect sense. Right. So basically you're working with an air fork that is probably, it, well, it is the best air fork, even when a lot of the manufacturers had the air forks out, but there is still some mid stroke harshness. The initial part of the travel is pretty good, but for me, that mid-stroke harshness is what you feel on rough tracks. So, Big Air Todd, you're fine. What about mapping? What about the map? Map one, map two. It, like I said, it wasn't a really wide open, fast track today, so you it really couldn't tell. In the, in my opinion, I mean, we were never really hanging off the back fender wide open for any longer. No, than that's kind of why seconds. we had sunrise, right? So we had engine. Yeah, more of an engine test. This was more of a chassis feeling. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was like I said, it was a great track for testing. Kelly, what you got for six? Uh, sixth place Suzuki. Okay, so why is it down on your ranking? Well, the Suzuki as well as the Kawasaki, no electric start. I, I, I you know, I really like that. But the suspension on the Suzuki was really harsh. Now I'm I'm pushing the weight limits, but I might have been you know maybe mid stroke, but uh, it was it was slow. It was it didn't feel good. It. Uh, what about cornering on the Suzuki? Yeah. They're all 250Fs. I, I felt like uh, all the Japanese bikes, I felt like I could get them to lean over pretty good. Um, but it, it wasn't, yeah, it was kind of the back of the pack as far as even leaning into the turns, the power. Um, and no electric start. You know, we get on these bikes and we kick it. I think I kicked it five times this morning, which is no big deal right. 20 years ago. But now I'm like, what's wrong with this bike? If you were, if you were to own this bike... I pre- like, here you go, Kelly. I'm going to give you this bike. It's yours for the year. What's the first things that you would do to this bike? Pick a different hobby. <laughs> you, so this makes you not want to go riding. Uh, correct. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fine. Like some yeah. guys can really like this bike. And then for you, you just said like, I'm out. Like it's not enough power, not enough chassis right. feeling that you would want to go ride this I bike. I rode it. I rode it over to the, or I think I might, well, I rode, I rode it for a while and um, I, I, I gave it a chance. I had, I was like, man am i misreading this bike but i wasn't it was just i didn't like it yeah for me like like i said at sunrise it just needs 20 to 30 percent more power Uh, i rode it today at the track and like i said there's off cambers bumps a lot of different obstacles out there and and i thought 
you know, maybe it could be a little oversprung in the fork. Well, we backed those clickers out today. I tried to see if it made a difference, see if I got a little bit more comfort. And there was no comfort gain in that fork. So to me, what that tells me is, is that chassis, the frame area of that head tube is super stiff. So Suzuki needs to kind of refigure out and kind of soften up the chassis and then go back and revalve, respring this bike because I have ridden a Suzuki with softer springs and it is a little bit less harsh, but you still feel a lot of firmness in this frame. So, Well, I... I want to yeah, chime yeah. in. Uh, my the Suzuki opinion uh, jumped up from last place at Sunrise now to fourth place in my opinion, just because I felt like it fit me really well. The cockpit was really comfortable for my size, being five eight and being one hundred fifty five pounds. I felt like it turned really well. I felt like it. Uh, it's a front end steering bike. It didn't have the, all the power, but again, this track didn't require you hanging off the back fender, fourth gear, wide open anywhere on the track. It was all about being technical. And I thought the Suzuki uh, was a lot better here than it was at Sunrise. Yeah, and also to me, when I got on it today, like you said, the track was a little bit slower speed, more technical, and I like the bottom end RPM response that it has. It just doesn't pull after that. And for me, once I go into a corner, that I feel like this bike loves to corner, man. And we talked shit on it last year a little bit about, man, Suzuki's not a good cornering bike like it used to be, and the Honda's better, but... I don't know. I still feel like entering in corners, the Suzuki is probably the best cornering bike. I feel like the ergonomics are are good for me on the Suzuki. Comfortable yeah. right away, uh, predictable right away. Um, it just needs to work on the motor. Yeah, you I, need to work on the forks too. They felt like uh, Kelly was saying they just felt a little harsh, even for my weight. Right, fifth place. Go ahead, KTM. That's which is surprising because it's got K- a it's got a strong motor for sure. I mean, it just, you can even hear it on the track. It, it, it barks. It just has a different feel for me. When I say feel, I just mean it doesn't, uh, the ergonomics, the way, where the handlebars compared to where the foot pegs are, to where the wheels are, it, just, it all just doesn't feel comfortable to me. So basically, you're basing off of comfort ergonomically yeah. versus engine and chassis on this, this side. Um, no, and suspension. I just wasn't happy with the suspension on, on the KTM. It never settled down. When you were entering braking bumps, it never felt like it was planted. Right. And I didn't feel confident. So, again, Air Force character guys out there that are listening, when you get to a track that's choppy and, and then afternoonish kind of dirt when it gets hard pack, this is where the fork really is a negative. If it's deep, soft, loamy, you don't feel as much feedback but like the track today where the, the hillside was kind of sandy, right? And then you know, our top spot was more clayish. Um, I wouldn't say blue groove, but it was it was shiny in spots. Yeah. That's where I feel like I the the action of the fork just ramps up too quick and it just gets really instantly harsh. You have that same feeling? I felt like uh, more when I was entering corners, the braking bumps, it never felt like it settled down. And I never felt like I could steer the front end where I wanted to go. I felt like it was skipping across the uh, entry bumps, the braking bumps. Let, let me ask you this. You rated the KTM above the Husky. Why? It just The Husky just scared me. And plus, I stalled the motor on the Husky three times. I missed the rear brake. Uh, I don't know how many times. I don't so know. do they, they feel different to you? Yes, they, complain, they, don't, they, don't even, they don't even feel like the same bikes at all. Really? So I guess they got the same ergonomic feel. Okay. They just have a, 
I would. I want to. I don't want to say it because I because I guess it's the European no. feel compared yeah. to the Japanese brand. So do you still feel like there's a Euro feel compared to the other bikes? Maybe it's the handlebars. So the handlebars again. Most of you guys know this. Husky has Pro Taper. Uh, the KTM comes the neck and bar, which to me that neck and bar and the KTM is fucking rigid. Like it's stiff. there. You go. So that could be my vague feeling entering the corners. Air fork plus the bar. Yeah. Something is is. There's a know. little bit more comfort in the Husky to me. Then in chassis, just feel. I mean, like I said, maybe it's the bar. Um, Pro tape reflects a little bit more, but um, engine feeling. Do you feel any difference between the engines? Husky I felt like K- the Cal- uh, the KTM. Sorry, yeah, Cal- K- K- both, both case. Uh, the KTM felt like it was a stronger motor. It okay. felt like it had more grunt. Yeah, felt like it had more torque. Right. Airbox is different. Obviously, there's a little bit larger volume in the KTM versus the Husky, so that makes sense. Well, well in that regard, you always want a smaller box. You know, God, we could talk. We have our own podcast about that, couldn't we? Just have like an uh, uh, a box podcast. I, mean, I, would, I would actually steer people the wrong way. They, oh, they're talking about air boxes. Uh, no, we got on a Maybe little tangent. Maybe when I'm done with all this shit, one day, Todd, we will have a podcast of all podcasts about so much random shit. It would be so great. We and should. I would want you and Kelly to be a part of it because I feel like it could go so many different ways, and we could have a good time. And there's a okay. For you guys listening out there, there's a reason why I put these two fuckers together because they're very similar in the way they think. There's not a much filter with Kelly and Todd. Uh, case in point today, Kelly and Todd are sitting together. Kelly looks over at Todd and goes, dude, your fingernails are super long. That's gross. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I'm, I see people's nails sometimes and I just don't say anything. But for them, there's just it goes right out. There's no filter in there. So this is the reasons why I think we should uh, – I quickly apologized and hid my hands. Yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. What you got for fifth? He did hide his hands. It looked like he was trying to sit on his wedding ring like I was hitting on him. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, fifth place, I've got the Kawasaki. Almost for a lot of the reasons Todd was just talking about with the uh, KTM. Um, the Kawasaki, it, the suspension on that was really bad for me. Okay. Um, motor was pretty good. It was so, probably. Let's take a step back. So when you say bad, like what are we what are we talking about? What's the feeling that you're getting? Uh, not much feeling. Okay. I, I like a little bit of plushness. I like to feel. So you don't mind a softer feeling, right? I, I'm okay. I don't want to feel all the little gravel or, or imperfections. Little rocks. I want to feel the the landings of the jumps or the faces of jumps. I don't want to feel all the little stuff, right? And this thing, I felt everything. We had that left hand turn. Uh, where the route was, where you had to go wide. Over yes, in the where it kind of got pushed out, right? And the inside line had some, uh, some little little bumps in it, and we'd I'd go wide on that just to miss it specifically on that bike because it didn't soak any of it up. It was oh, like, you're talking about the clay corner where it had the acceleration coming out. Yeah, with yeah. the route on the inside, so you go to the outside. Right. So yeah. it it was it was really harsh. The motor was was pretty good, and then you know fifth place again. There's I mean I don't know how these manufacturers aren't putting electric start on there. Um, they cost. Kinda, yeah, well, they well, sell more bikes. Probably I think they dumped too. all their money in the 450 this year, right? And yeah. 250 will come next year. Yeah, so maybe, that's that... maybe Tomac will win here sometime. <laughs> so that makes a difference for you for purchasing decision. Is is an electric start? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this: since we were on the Suzuki subject, I'm going to give you this Kawasaki. What's the first thing you're going to do to it? Yeah. Buy an electric start, or so you, know... you would take this bike? No, I'd play. I'd play more golf. Okay, so would you still wouldn't golf. want it. We're not, we're not at the level yet where you're going to go riding. Those two bikes, they're, they're, to me, they're, so, they're just as close as the KTM and the Husky. 
the, the KTM and the Husky are good. Right. But these two bikes, I don't like either one of them. So, um, hi, I'm a Kawasaki representative. Kelly, I want to give you this bike to ride for the year. What's my salary? Nothing. Okay, thank you. That's it. You're out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't okay. want to ride it. So just note, people, some people, they, I'll take it and work with it. For Kelly, um, I don't want to say you're – I mean, you ha- you're well off. You 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 have money. Like, yeah, but I'm, I mean, you're you're. I, I tell you what, if if I got to ride it in the stock form, what I'm saying is accurate. If yeah. I can take it, take it over to a suspension company, get that dialed in, then these bikes will be great. I could live without the electric start, but you can't ride them stock. I can't ride them stock. Right. Yeah. When in your 220, but let me ask you this question: There's a lot of heavier guys that email me. They say, Kiefer, I don't know what. I'm not in shape. Uh, I don't ride a lot, but I want something fun to ride. We're not at the top, you know, of the charts yet here, but l- just give me a synopsis. Like, is a two fifty in your? Would you buy a two fifty over a four fifty? Uh, yes, I've had one before. I had that two fifty FX for a little while, and I had a blast on that thing. Um, that was a maybe in fifteen, but uh, yeah, absolutely, I'd buy a two fifty with a four fifty. Okay, so yeah. you just that wouldn't be your sole bike. No, no. But way. In, in 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 motocross terms, and you're not a big jumper, right? You can concur with that. Yep. Does it matter to having a 250 or a 40? Are you faster? You think on a motocross track on a 250? You know, we did that one test with the KTM's one time where we did the 250, 350, yep, and 450. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I f- I felt better on the 250 than everything. The lap times were faster on the 450. Okay. Uh, but I'm going out more for a good time than I am, you know, getting around the track fast. Of course, you want to beat your buddies, right. but I'd rather have fun and keep it upright. So, ergonomically, Cowie fits you okay? Do you- yeah, pretty. It's decent. Yeah, they they were um, the only two that kind of stick out. Even the Suzuki was pretty decent, but the only two that are are to me that are quite different are the KTM and the Husky. Uh, they feel feel a little bit more upright, and I I, I like KTM's and Huskies, but. Um, the Japanese bikes seem to I get on them, especially the Yamaha and the Honda, and they just fit like a glove. Right, I'm five nine, so yeah, it fits well, me great. I agree with Kelly for sure on the way they fit yeah. on the Japanese bikes. What do you got for fourth, Big Air? Uh Suzuki. Okay, so yeah, we touched on that. I guess we really don't. We need did to talk touch about on that. that so uh, yeah, give us a recap real quick. Well, the Suzuki uh, just feels like it's a comfortable cockpit. You sit right in it. You feel comfortable right away. It turns really well. Has a little bit of harsh. Uh, harshness in the front forks, maybe harshness in the frame and the chassis. Right. But all around, you know, it worked out great today because it wasn't like a big motor track. It wasn't like the big, you know, drag racing hills or anything. Um, I, now, let me ask you this. I asked Kelly this. You you ride a lot. Yeah. I mean, for a 51-year-old, you ride quite a bit, two, three times a week. If yes. you can go. Yes. Um, would you take a Suzuki? Yes. Yeah. I could work with a Suzuki. I don't know what I would do with the forks. Um maybe soften them up. We tried that today, which was odd. Yeah, I went, I went, so for you guys listening, I even went out six clicks. Um, I think Joe went out too. I even went further just to see if I can feel, and that's a good rule of thumb for you guys out there listening. If you feel like you're harsh, um, you'll feel like you're stiff. It's one of two things. You could obviously be stiff, and you can just back it out four clicks to see if it gets better. And if it gets worse, and you feel like it could magnify it, then try going the opposite direction, because like Kelly... 220 pounds when he's riding the bike the ride attitude of the bike could be low and then you feel like man it's stiff but in reality it's soft because you're down deep in the stroke and you're riding in that harsh part of the travel so 
it's okay to go both ends of the spectrum from stock. Go four on one side, four on the other side. This way you guys can get a feel of it. And we tried that, and then that kind of just determined for me it was more of a, a head tube stiffness feel. Um, yeah, when you were backing out the the front forks and softening up, I thought you were doing the opposite of what I would do because I felt like I was blowing through right. the forks. And then they after you backed them out, four clicks, it got better. Yeah. So, and the only reason why I know this is because I rode a Suzuki with softer springs and it got better. So, for those of you guys out listening and have a Suzuki, I'm 170 and it's oversprung for me. So, it wouldn't hurt you guys out there to go down a spring rate in the fork and the rear. So, um, just know that going in with the Suzuki. Fourth place for you, Kelly, what do you got? I've got the Husqvarna in fourth place. And uh, it could be up at the top, except for the fork. Okay. Uh, every time I'd go into the, some of the corners that my number one and two picks would lean into and make you feel really good, I, this bike uh, with its brother or sister, uh, <laughs> it just stood up. It didn't. It didn't feel good. It felt a little wobbly uh, or a little bouncy, <clears throat> and um, the on the front fork. But then when I try to lean into turns, that was the main thing that really you, put this bike back. And f- correct me if I'm wrong. Did you say it sat tall for you? Seem and when I was riding it, it seemed like it was real upright. Okay. It, it didn't seem like it would, you know, lean over into the turns, especially. But when you'd be going through a turn, hitting some bumps or whatever, it still felt like it wanted to sit, sit straight up. Let me ask you this: um, Husky and the KTM, being that they're light on paper, do you feel the weight difference? You know, and maybe that's why they're bounce, <clears throat> bouncing me all over, or, or the air fork. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, um, good, good, good point, Kelly. I, the the bikes that are heavier that I have ranked ahead of them are very stable. I right. don't, you know, maybe when you put them on the stands, we use triangle <laughs> stands today. But right. when you put them on the stands, maybe you notice it. Um, but when I'm riding it, I, I don't mind the extra weight of those other two bikes I've got in front of them. Are you looking when you look for a bike? Are you looking for more stability or more cornering progress? in these bikes i i look for stability my okay. current bike is a yz 450 ktm 300 i bought the yz 450 one of the heaviest 450s i believe besides the honda because it's stable right um there's something to be said just like kelly said and he brought up a good point with weight comes a planted feel granted maybe the side to side movement or entering corner sensation may not be as easy um for you guys out there that are riding but Coming into the corner, I feel like, in in some cases, even with the Yamaha, it just feels like planted, and I can get into my corner better because I have a planted sensation coming into the to the corner. Maybe when I'm not, maybe when I'm inside the corner, in the middle of the corner, maybe it doesn't feel as light. But by then, I'm already got my rolling speed going, so it doesn't matter to me as much. What's tricky too is if you went to a showroom and went down to the local shop and sat on all, every bike, the KTM and the Husky are probably the best two to f- sit on when you're just sitting there in the shop without riding them. They have a real slim feel uh, where some of the other bikes, it feels like they're a little bit wider on, you know, your knees are a little further apart. Yeah, and and to me, I, I've been on a KTM for a little bit here at home, and I noticed when I go to other bikes that they do feel a little bit wider to me. Um, I notice that more. Um, do you notice it when you squeeze the bike standing up? Does it feel thin or does it feel okay? No, they they feel great. No, the I, the thin feeling is is better. Okay, it it, it is better uh, even while riding the bike. Uh, but on the you know the first and second place bikes, um, 
a, a half a lap and I didn't notice it anymore. But you know, partly because I ride one of those bikes. Engine feeling for you? Uh, I thought I thought it it revved out pretty good. I thought it was it was good. I went to the map two or the more aggressive map right. uh, on my last time out. Uh, that track was was pretty slow. I wasn't you know I wouldn't say we ever got you know past third gear pinned, and even that most of it was second and third. Right. But um, the engine's great. Yeah, I, I like the engine. It's it, not it's not slow. Vibration? You feel vibration on the KTM? It's pretty smooth. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. Third place. Todd Kawasaki, okay, and like uh, Kelly just touched on earlier about his own personal preference, having to have a YZ450 at home that he feels comfortable on those bikes, and I feel the same way on the Kawasaki. I feel right at home on the Kawasaki. Uh, today, there's a couple little tricky jumps that uh, Kiefer was doing that had pretty nasty little ruts on the takeoff, and I didn't even think about trying to do those on the Husky KTM or Suzuki. But first lap around on the Cowie, because it's my comfort zone, I just did him like I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah, so, full disclosure, guys. Todd is, he mans uh, our KX250 test bike, so he rides that all year, right? So I've course, got 12 hours on it, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, last year, though, you had a, a All year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that is like home for you. Exactly, that's what I was saying. So, that, I mean, that's what Kelly was saying, too, about the YZ450, about being stable when you get on a bike and... It feels comfortable, and you have that confidence, and that's how you. That's how that's my comfort zone. And like Kelly also was saying, is like you ride. We ride bikes for fun, right? And we, we want to be safe. So if a bike's not predictable, or if it's doing something that you're not, that you're not familiar with, then you're gonna lay off. You're gonna get off, be out, lay off the gas because you don't want to go take a dirt nap. Yeah, no, no one wants that. Kelly, what do you got for third? I've got the KTM in there. Um, the the same same thing. You know, it stood up. The KTM and the Husky again, they could both be one and two if uh, if I like the fork. Okay. I, I, w- I want to say this too. Go My ahead. KTM 300 I have that I love at home, I got Kiava suspension on it. Okay. So you, you're out. You ditched the WP stuff right away. Absolutely gone. Yeah. And, and uh, everybody says now, how let, good it is, but. Just for the people out there, and obviously this has nothing to do with the shooter, but what did that do to that bike for you? It's great. Uh, get you some more comfort. It's easy to tune. I ha- yeah, I have the settings that I've ridden with since 2008, pretty much. Right. I've had to put different springs in since 2008, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's. Uh, I got a lot of feel. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot. I don't feel like I'm bouncing around like I do on the KTM and the Husky Air Just Fork. Just more of a planted feeling. Very planted. Yeah. So wh- let me. I asked Todd this, so I'm gonna ask you the same question. What makes the KTM better than the Husky in this shootout? You know. Um, and let me just tell you, KTM and Husky don't like to be compared to each other. But I know that you say you really don't. Have you said this before in other shootouts? Maybe this is different. But you said you don't really feel that much difference. Yeah, you know, they don't feel a whole lot different to me. You know, um, as far as on the moto today, they, they felt very similar. They, both of those bikes have, I don't know if this is the Euro part of it or what, but they have almost a tractor-like feel like they've got this flywheel weight that just it wants to idle forward and just keep going and they're they're great bikes i i think i think if i owned one of them and i would take one of those but i'd probably switch out the suspension okay second place big air honda okay honda's been doing pretty good and actually it it's shocking to me um i have some a lot of time on those bikes but why did honda finish second uh i mean it's a close uh second I would almost, I, you can't tie, you can't put them in a tie, but. There are no ties in life. There are no ties in life. There's and like, there's no ties in hockey, big air tie. And there's no ties in racing. That's right. First one comes across the finish line, first wins. That's right. 
So I would say it's a very close second place to Honda. I just feel like it it cornered really well. It was very predictable. It had incredibly powerful and strong brakes. The only reason I put it in second place was it just has an odd um, gearing. It's an odd, odd transmission. I felt myself like fanning the clutch and second gear. And it was a really I, – I don't even know how to explain it. No, the, I can explain it really There's between you. first gear – and third gear, that second gear little is kind of like a odd. It's not. Yep. A, it's a good point, Todd. Todd brings up a really good point, and I don't know if we touched that on that enough in this shootout. But transmission spacing and on the Honda is hurting, guys. So in testing with Honda, I noticed when I come out of a corner in second gear, it feels like third gear. Okay. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, and perfect third analogy, gear feels yes. like second gear. And I almost go right – if I have to clear a jump out of a corner, I go second, third, fourth. I'm like in second to fourth real quick, it, which is weird. It caught me off guard. I, I don't know how to explain it or how that even happens. It almost like I went from first gear to third gear and then shifted up to second gear. Right. Yeah, it's an odd <laughs> transmission spacing. So it's just something you have to get used to. I explained this to Joe when we were test riding. I go, just let second gear eat more with the Honda. It revs out really nice. Like it revs far like third gear. And then you have a third gear that is shorter. You know, just maybe does. that's it. Maybe the third gear is just shorter, and the second gear is longer. And maybe that's what that, that feel is. Yeah. So transmission spacing takes a little bit of time to get used to. But what about suspension? I've had great reviews. It was on very that. well balanced. Okay. Uh, you know, entering corners, exiting corners, um, very easy to turn, confidence inspiring, um, flickable. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Honda. Yeah. What about engine? I know. A lot of guys talk about, obviously, we kind of, I know your winner, doesn't have as much torque as your winner. Um, does that hurt you? Does that hinder your riding at all? No, I don't think it would affect my lap times in the the motor between, you're talking about the motor, I would say the top th- top two are pretty close in their torque and power. Yeah, the, well, if you want to touch on my winner, the Yamaha right. and the motor department, but back to the Honda, I felt like it. Like today again, it wasn't that powerhouse of a track. It wasn't like we were drag racing anywhere. I felt the brakes on the Honda were exceptional. Yeah, it's, the front brake was good today. It really was. Yeah. It was uh, very um, strong, and uh, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't too harsh. Yeah, it, but I progressive. Think it would, yeah, it wasn't you know as grabby. There like you go. Yeah. So. Uh, what and here's the, here's the thing I always fight about with guys. What about chassis feeling? Oh, bump feels, absorption. Yeah, like like I said, five eight, hundred fifty five pounds. That bike just fits me perfect yeah. right away. Kel, what you got for second? Uh, I agree with Todd on these. Uh, you know, first place and second place. I got the Honda in second, okay. but it's so close. Yep. And I remember coming in asking you, man, is this Honda motor faster? It seems like it's faster. And um, than the Yamaha. Let's yeah, just let's faster just faster than the Yamaha. Yeah, absolutely feels like that and you told me you thought that you know it's faster on the top makes sense right um a lot of the turns we could carry enough speed in them so we didn't come to a stop or anything um the bike was awesome it tracked great suspension was good um so this this suspension has that softer plusher feel that you like it did okay yeah it did and it did and maybe there's enough weight on the front wheel it turned because it felt like the turns it could you could really uh you could cut down anywhere you wanted in the turns, you didn't have to go up to the high side and hope you held. All right. Did you ride with the different maps today? Not on the two. Not on the top two. Okay. So most of the time, what I checked with Kelly was ride was in map three, and 
a lot of these guys that you'll hear on this podcast today were in map three on this track because it's like we said it's a little bit tighter so i want a little bit more bottom in especially on the honda it doesn't have a lot of torque makes a lot of its usable power the mid-range to the top but when you ride it in that sweet spot it seems to run really good right yes absolutely there was a you know the the Honda on that one sweeper turn, the fun sand loamy turn yeah, left before the straightaway. Yeah. Um, the Honda, I was like, I might have, I might not have, I might have shifted to third too soon. I I needed to wrap it out more in second, and then I'd get it into third, and it kind of just wasn't quite there. Where the Yamaha was like, wow, this thing's in third the whole way through, and it's pulling good. Um, that was the only difference I noticed where maybe the bottom end might have been greater on the Yamaha. But there was other parts of the track where the Honda was going really good. So let's just tag team this thing real quick, guys. We let's both, do it. We both, you guys both picked Yamaha to win. Absolutely. So number one reason there Kelly. Was, let, let's just make it clear there was no collusion involved in that. Hell, in no that, Russia collusion. No collusion involved in that choice. I don't know what the fudge that means. So <laughs> That's okay. The Yamaha so, was awesome all around. Uh, motor. Is torquey. that the reason why it won? If simply stated in the engine. No, not for me. Okay. No, I mean, that, suspension. That for you? Yes. Yeah, okay, so why? So that's why it won for you because of the suspension. Yes. I. Yeah. Okay. Give me wh- why. Well, it, it, every turn I'd go into, I could just, I could, I could dive right into any turn, and I felt planted and weird. Some of the stuff was a little marbly, and in cer- certain sections, and the thing just, it was solid. It was yeah. To elaborate on that, it was it would it would it would plow down entering corners and accelerate out of the corners. Uh, and make acceleration out of the corners. It wasn't like a rebound effect, like back, say the Husky or the KTM. I felt like you would hop into a corner on those bikes, and you'd plant you plant yourself entering the corner, and then there would be almost like a rebound effect until the bike would settle. The Yamaha doesn't do that. It plows down, it stays down, and it moves forward coming out of the corner. So what we call that in the testing world is is one a planted feel, but also a dead feeling. There's not a lot of movement in the chassis, so you're coming into a corner and it sticks. And then what that does is makes you connected to the rear wheel. That's that's a great. I wouldn't call it dead. I would say connect to the rear wheel and sticks. Yeah. So when I guess what I mean by dead, when something's dead, it doesn't move very much, right? So when you have a chassis that's alive and reactive, a la Suzuki or Kawasaki, where it's always, like you said, the imperfection of the track, always moving. The Yamaha never moves. It always just feels like it's planted. And it's going forward. Yeah. It's making traction and moving forward. It's just awesome. And it's confidence inspiring. What about engine for you guys? I can't complain about the Yamaha at all. You almost can ride it like a 450, like I feel like. It, it, my fat butt was on that thing going in third gear up that hill through that sand turn, and it was pulling better than a Honda. Yeah. What about revving out? Like... Last year, you told me, you asked me this today, you're like, Kiefer, has this thing changed? Because you didn't know. And I said, yeah, it's a whole new bike. Engine, chassis, everything. Last year's bike didn't rev out as good. This year's bike does. So second gear, third gear, pulling power is okay for you coming out of corners? Pulling power for me was great. I I was surprised how it did in third gear. Because third gear is how you ride your 450. And um, I didn't have to like wring its neck out like you feel you have to do on most 250Fs. It actually shocked me. It surprised me how hard it pulled. It put a smile, an ear to your grin on my face under my helmet. Right. Would, would you rather have that bike than the Cowie Todd this year? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining. I, lo- I love the Cowie. It's an all-around great bike. Uh, you know, any any one of these bikes can be. Uh, Let, 
Let's talk about a negative. Instead, we're just blowing Yamaha right now. I got it. Okay, go All ahead. That thing feels fat. Okay. Oh, he stole my. Uh, go ahead. Elaborate. Go ahead. It just feels. It feels a little thick. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like a little thickness, though. Thickness is all right. Yeah, but where you like your thickness is not what we're going to discuss here. <laughs> but uh, to me, the the fat or the thickness, you know, uh, <laughs> is something that you can live with. You know what I'm saying? Hey, here's the deal. No. It's got, it's got a good personality. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Here, Here's the deal, though. Uh, I can't even think now. Uh when you ride it a lap or two, it goes away. It, like, not even a lap. Yeah. Half like, a lap in, you're already like, man, she has got such a great personality. <laughs> it's okay. You, at the showroom, though, on the floor, you're going to buy the KTM or the Husky over this fat bike because it's fat at the tank. And it's not the most attractive motorcycle for me, at least. I look at it, I'm like, eh, it, it looks a little thick. You're it's like, business. Yeah. It gets it, the job done. Right. So when I ride this bike, I'm like, oh, I appreciate it. I got another negative for it, too. It sounds like somebody's gargling a loogie. Yeah. It's got that weird raspy sound coming out of it from you're saying it's the exhaust. I don't know if it's the air box or what. Right. But it, the 450 has that weird gargle sound, too. So I, I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, I guess I'm used to the sucking noise from the air box. I've, I've ridden them a lot. So, But to me... That, that muffler is raspy, man. It's just, I, I, get, I can't get past it's it. It's like a heavy loogie in the back of your throat. Yeah. So any other negatives, Todd, before just being thick? Uh, that's all. I mean, if we're really going to you know split hairs and put something down, I guess that's about all you could say about the You have more thing. fun on 250s or 450s, Todd? I don't even want to ride 450s. You're good. Like, I'm so happy when with When I gave 250s. you that Cowie last year, you're like, this is the most fun I've ever had in a long time. Oh. I, it was like it's like a blessing to me. It's right. like perfect for me. I don't I don't want to go to a 450 at all. I want to go race like I want to race Mammoth. And if anyone knows anything about Mammoth, it's a big hilly horsepower fast track, horsepower track. Super. Right. Uh, and I don't know how I'm gonna do, but I, I rate things on have the fun factor. And and you'll be able to hang on to the 250. Where yeah. a 450 is tough to hang on. They're to. hang on. Yeah, they're just tough. They're just too much. Yeah. I, I wish we would go back to the 125 days and the two strokes. You know. According, according to Vital, I hate 250Fs. Like, I hate them. Uh -oh. But, I mean, yeah, would I – if I was going to go purchase a motorcycle, I'd buy a 450 because I can appreciate I can use it. It's easy to ride for me. But, dude, when you have a good, fast 250F, there's nothing more fun. I would rather ride that. When I rode a built KTM a few weeks ago, that was the most fun I had on a bike in a long time because they go where that you want them to go. You don't have to think. And this Yamaha, for me – I mean, it's my winner as well, just because it's it. It reminds me of riding a bigger bike. I could lug it third gear. I don't. I don't have to work as hard, you know. Yeah, I have a 450 in the garage. I think I took it out one time, all of it, the entire year last year. So my days on 450s are probably going away. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Big Air Todd Kelly Galehouse. It's been fun. We've covered a lot of stuff here, I think, and uh, I guess we'll be back for off road shootouts coming up, Kel. Awesome. That's right up your alley. Love it. <laughs> Todd, any final thoughts? I'll just stay out of it. <laughs> you said enough. I've we got to get enough. you up Erzberg? I guess 100% of Erzberg, yes, you do need to get up. But I don't think that will be in our trail. In our, There's no way. No one would make it. You will. I, I can make it eventually, but I'm saying if we had that in the loop, there's no way. Everyone would be stuck there. That wouldn't be a test. be a test of attrition. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, attrition at 225, you got to be able to do it. That's true, that's true. Can you do it with the 80 pounds on you, though? 
Here, let me before we get. Oh, off okay. He's he's putting down. I right got, here. We got other podcasts to do, but we're gonna cover this real quickly. He, so Kelly is two twenty. I'm one hundred seventy. Kelly says that I will not lap him with. Okay, a weight vest, fifty pound. No, yeah, like seventy. No, pounds. fifty pounds. It's thirty plus twenty. Fifty pounds. Well, we'll weigh in. I'm closer to two thirty, but you know. Okay, we'll by the in. time we do this, he says if I put a fifty pound weight vest on me, I'm bringing the weight vest. Okay. Okay. I have one. Greg has one. Yeah. So, Kelly says I will not lap him in thirty minutes at Cahia Creek. You're 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 smoking dope. Dude. I'm just I'm scared that Chris is going to hurt himself. Yeah, but I will. I I don't care. Just to prove him to him, I'll have a compressed vertebrae. <laughs> But I, it's disrespectful. You'll have a compressed vertebrae, and I'll have a free dinner coming. <laughs> why? Okay, but why would you think that I couldn't? The speed doesn't go away. You think the speed's going to go Your down? Your speed will go away. Oh You're fragile. My God. You are fragile. You weigh 160 pounds. 170. Uh, yeah. Okay, with your gear on, but. There, there's no way you're going to be able to strap 50, 55, 60 pounds on you and then lap me at Cahuilla Creek. There's no way. You're not going to be able to – your arms are going to go away. Your legs are going to be screaming. So everyone listening to this, we're going to, we're going to plan this. I'm going to get a date, and I want everyone to show up at Cahuilla Creek and pick a side. Okay? Everyone's going to pick a side. And we're going to – let's get a bet with everybody who's in this. That would be great. I'm in. What is our bet? What is it that, what is it that we betted? I don't remember. I don't know if we betted anything, but I think we bet something. Um, was it bet, dinner? You bet Quiznos. It can be. It can be whatever you want. I mean, dinner is good. You Fifty know, bucks. Whatever. I don't really want your money. I'd much rather just eat dinner. All right. Well, the dinner is bet. Uh, the bet is dinner. So everyone, it's coming up. I'm gonna. I'll throw it on social media so you guys know what's going on. But that's coming. Cahia Creek, fifty pound weight challenge. Fifty or more. Don't start eating a bunch either, just so you freaking get hey, you big. you got to have a little gamesmanship. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So... Founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. 
Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyForInkTesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com. You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, bludlubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was a little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER. And get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out. Bloodlubricants.com Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They're on board with the KieferInkTesting.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. 
I trust the guys over at 60 Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 60. So please, guys, go check them out. 60 Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high-compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at vertexpistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. Vertexpistons.com. Another group of diversified men here. We have Jeremy Dirksen. Hi, guys. There it is. Jumping Joe Aloff. How you guys doing? And David, I wax my truck every three days, Martinez. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> so these guys have been in my shootout before, minus Jeremy. Jeremy, um, he's been a high desert rat for years. I know his parents really good. He is... A blue-collar guy that rides a roached-out KTM two-stroke. So I know you guys listening to this would love this guy. I try to give him shit. He pulled his KTM out of his truck today. He's like, Kiefer, what do I do with this bike? And I said, just throw it in the trash. He didn't do that, and he proceeded to put it in the backyard. So it's still available to you, right? It's near the trash cans. Though. It's near the trash can. <laughs> so give the people at home your stats. Uh, I am... Jeremy Dirksen. I am 27 years old, 5'9", uh, 225 pounds, 30 pounds probably. When was the last time you rode 250F? Put that mic up to your face. Like uh, 09, I would say, 08, on uh, like GP Core stuff. Do you like riding 250S? I didn't back then, but I a couple of bikes made me change my mind today. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. Joe, stats, please. Joe Aloff, I'm about 5'10", 190 pounds. Um, obviously, I used to race pro, but I don't know what I am these days. Uh, that's you still ride it. good. He just doesn't yeah. have it that long, right? Yeah, something like that. David, wax your uh, wax on, wax off, Martinez. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm David Martinez, uh, 44, uh, 5'10", and 185. And I'm a B-level rider. Last time you rode 250F, Dave. Last year doing the shootouts with you. <clears throat> and before we jump into all of the rankings, which we're going to dive into right now, and we're going to include mine in here as well. Let's just do a round table. Let's make it quick. Um, would you, David, buy a 250F after what you have experienced today? I would. I had fun today. Particularly the track that we were riding just seemed to flow with the 250F. It just was fun to ride. So, again, the track we rode today, and you guys can jump in anytime. Choppy, rough, hills. A lot different than Sunrise, right, when we had our first mm -hmm. day where it was more of an engine test. 
This is more of a chassis test for us here. Um, what I like about this track is I may or may not do confidential testing out there with other manufacturers and companies and it because it has hills. You can load the chassis. It has bumps. It has sand. It has clay. <clears throat> lots of different what we call track attitude. Um, concur? Yes? No? Anybody? Absol absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. We'll jump right to it. Sixth place for David. Wax on, wax off. Suzuki's. Suzuki. Jay? Suzuki. So let's just jump right in. You're Suzuki too, Joe? Yep, yep. Last for so, Suzuki. Okay, so we're all going to do this right now. I'm a Suzuki sixth place guy as well. For me, guys, I've talked this with Big Air Todd and, of course, Kelly. Um, engine just needs 20 to 30% more power. The head tube area is stiff for me, feels rigid. Um, Jeremy, why do you have it in six compared to the other bikes? Uh, mainly front end feel. I, uh, I didn't agree with the front forks at all. Okay. It seemed like, um, there was one section where it came down a hill and it was kind of sand based and it kind of came up Yep. and it would, it would dive at the bottom of the hill. Yep. So it's, that's a big part. It was a little peppy on the, like coming out of corners and stuff too, but that wasn't too bad of a. Yeah, for me, like, good RPM response down low, but then after that, nothing really excites me, Joe. Yeah, I agree. It just needs, like you said, 20%, 30% more. It's got good uh, good bottom, and, and you know, uh, it pulls decent over as decent. It just doesn't have enough. It just needs more. Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, I figured out last year that I'm a chassis guy, so chassis is real big for me. Uh, I like the chassis on the Suzuki. It felt good, but the suspension was absolutely horrible. The front forks, um, we did some adjusting with it, and it was still r super rigid, and the bike just wouldn't handle on the rough stuff. And it, for me, it just uh, the motor was okay. Um, it needed some more, a little more power for sure, but the front forks, particularly, were just uh, were horrible. I'll hand this to you, Dave, and we'll work our way back. Third, you know, I'm sorry, sixth place. It's Suzuki, but. What about cornering ability? Like, once I'm in the corner, man, this thing feels good, dude. Like, mm -hmm. I get it right in there, and it just <clears> lays in, and it, it never wants to wander out. It just kind of sticks wherever I'm at. I told I told Joe that I said, uh, I think I told you too, that Suzuki felt good. If I could get the suspension done for myself and adjusted it, I think it could be really good. But, obviously, we tried some adjustments today, and you tried some stuff too, and we still couldn't get to work good, but... I think revalve and get it set up for my weight. I think it'd be a lot better up in the shootout versus what it was today. Joseph, yeah, this thing is, you know, Suzuki's like cornered the market on cornering. So yeah. this thing corners, like you said, as soon as you get in the corner, it sticks. You could, you know, it follows the front. As soon as you put the front wheel somewhere, the back end follows it. You don't have to worry about it stepping out, um, wandering, like you said, any of that. Um, and yeah, you know, whether it's, you know, I don't know if it's suspension or like you said the head tube this could be part of the frame or whatever that was the problem but if that goes away and the powers bump up a little bit this thing's knocking on the top spot right so very very comfortable bike jay you're a desert guy mostly right gp yes. desert not yeah. really a moto kid you probably would need help in the cornering department does this suzuki oblige with you or no um like hard pack turns are good yeah um I didn't feel very comfortable in the in the sand based stuff, okay. like coming into a, a sand corner or something like that. So yeah, that that was the only thing I didn't like about the cornering. But it, it was good coming out of like the long ruts, and then kind of like the choppy coming out. But that was about it. So what you guys are listening to from a testing 
perspective that I'll give you. When you have a, a stiff, rigid, rigid head tube area, you're going to get a bike that corners excellent because you have positivity near the head tube. You have a lot of front end feel to lean it over, and it makes the side-to-side movement light. I've been a, a part of many tests that we've had chassis <clears throat> frame test, and some of that stiffness slash rigidity has been near the head tube to the down tube. And when you have something stiff... You get a lightweight side-to-side feel. Um, Lean-in is really good. Front-end positivity is good in corners, but where you get lacking is straight-line stability and what we call imperfections in the track. You feel a lot of those. Joe and I mentioned earlier that if we hit a bump straight on, wasn't so bad, but if you ride the edges of the bumps where there's a little bit of a wall, not, you know, just a little bit, 6 to 12 inches of a wall against these these square edge, you feel that really quick, right? Yeah, yeah, or like a, uh, I don't know what to call it, like a tapered bump. Yeah, exactly. If it's tapered, a lot of the other ones will just kind of soak it up and keep you in a straight line. If it's tapered a little bit where you're like, it felt like your tire was kind of bouncing off of it sideways and it would get a little like settled and deflect and yeah. then you'd have to correct. Um, Jay, fifth place, what do you got? Fifth place, I got the Husky. Okay. Um, Give us the reasons why. For me, it was kind of I, I could have messed with the clickers and all that, but it was real, uh, like kind of like a pogo stick. It was like that's been kind of the arm. mo for this podcast. Like Kelly and Todd, they've kind of said the same thing. It, it moves a lot. Yeah, and it it was wasn't very planted feel. Right, right, yeah. That I mean, <clears throat> other than that, the the engine was really good. I like the 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 delivery and everything was was good coming in and into corners and stuff like that right but yeah it was the suspension i couldn't get over so that's that's why it ranked down just yeah simply purely suspension did yeah. you mess with the the maps on the engine there? i did mess with it with a couple maps traction control no no traction control oh no, I didn't. fail <laughs> we're going to talk to dave about traction control because i know he worked with that so um but moving on from that you think what it, what's your weight again? I'm sorry. 225. 225. So yeah. you and Kelly are close. God, you carry yeah. your weight different, dude. You don't look as big yeah. as Kelly. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, but you don't look <laughs> as big as Kelly's like a big dude. Yeah. Um, enough power for you to have fun? Yeah. Actually, all of them were, were good as far as getting out of those sandy corners. And that, that one like left-hand uphill that we had it was pretty sandy right. was, was really good. And I, I thought I was going to struggle for sure. But yeah, all of them were good. Something we haven't covered a lot on so far today hydraulic clutch fan or not or does it matter i love hydraulic clutch okay reasons yeah. uh just easier to pull in i have smaller hands so it's it's uh yeah i don't i don't get arm pump as much pulling in so just simple fact of feel and engagement yeah, yeah. personal preference pretty much uh for me guys i'm not a I, I i don't really care if it doesn't i don't really it, i don't have a clutch that fades on me that much during a long moto be cable or not, but uh, I, I like I appreciate a hydraulic clutch because it's always there. The Brembo seems to be a little bit more on off feeling, um, and I don't like that because the window is not as wide. But um, I can appreciate the length as far as the engagement, and where where I do appreciate it even more is how it stays consistent all the time. So, um, fifth place for you, Joseph. 
Uh, I had the Cowie. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I mean, I... Before you know, like, we go on here, Joe yeah. is having a rough time with his voice, people. Yeah. And, uh, I've been sick. I'm getting over a cold. And, okay. Uh, Moving on. I got my voice back a little bit today, so excuse the raspiness. It's turning Kiefer on, actually. It sounds so. sound like the YZ250F. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I'm, I'm hitting my Revlinder every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had the cow. Um <laughs> Uh, I had fun riding the bike. I felt good on it. It just, um, like the power was good, good to bottom in, mid to top pole, over rev, all that stuff was good. Um, good, stable. The chassis felt maybe a little low in the rear for me. Um, Which is a Cowie Saki trait for me. Like, always yeah. feels a little low in the rear. Yeah. Um, which kind of affected a little bit of the turning. Um, it could have been a little more nimble for me. Felt a. It didn't feel big by any means, but it felt like maybe a little slower handling. So it could be a little more nimbler. And then um, suspension was pretty good. You don't you don't mind the SFF fork? No. Okay. I like that. I think um, I've actually ran a, a, a few of those like on KTMs and other bikes that were like conversions. Oh, you did? From the air to like, uh, like an SFF type thing. Yeah. Hmm. So <clears throat> I like the feel of those. Um, and like the shock was was pretty good. Maybe felt a little slow, and I think it was maybe getting down the stroke a little bit, and then unloading and kicking a little bit coming into corners. But um, so that's kind of what held it back a little bit for me. But otherwise, like you said, for all these bikes are really really good. I had probably like you were saying in the first one. I was out there on your first day of testing. I wasn't testing. I was just riding. Right. And everybody said, "Man, I'm having so much fun." And I felt that way today. Like I had a ball, like riding all these bikes. So, so we asked Dave this: Would you own a 250F? Um, I don't know. Take the maintenance out of it, okay? Because I know how you ride. You're hard yeah. on bikes. Yeah, right? it may not last. That and I'm poor uh, Dave's bike. I'm uh, I don't know. I had a 350 a couple years ago, and I thought that would be it because I I don't get to ride as much as I once did, and but I think I'm just. I'm always kind of partial to a 450. I like the power, and I can't stand to be at a track and not be able to jump something. Right, I agree so, with that. I'm and with I'm you on 190 that. 190 pounds, 250F, sometimes it doesn't work, and I can't jump everything I want to jump. Right. So I would, I mean, they're great. I would, obviously, if I had one, I would have fun on it, but I'm probably a 450 guy. Dave, what you got for fifth? Oh, I got the Husky in fifth. <clears throat> a Husky felt, the chassis felt pretty good, but, uh, like Jason was saying, just the poginess, it just felt pogoey. And we didn't get a chance to really do a bunch of uh, clickers on it, but it just didn't feel um, as stable as some of the other bikes did. And so, like me being a chassis guy, I, I like that uh, confidence level wasn't quite there with the Husky. So just for some feedback for you guys out there, if you get all crazy on me, again, stock clickers today, we started with that. Again, baseline sag for me. We want to get all these guys on the bikes to see how big the window of – these each bike is and when these guys are saying pogo weeks we've heard this a lot on this podcast um there's a lot of movement uh maybe too soft mm -hmm. for you and rebounds too quick again we can play with that and slow that down but just initially hopping on the bike that's your impression yeah so engine feeling on the bike i like the engine i i like the clutch i've never ridden with a hydraulic clutch before i have but it's been a long time the only time you've ridden with it is just on tests, right? Correct. Me. Yeah. So today, the track we're at today, uh, it took me a lap or two to get used to it, but uh, 
I like the consistent feel with the clutch. Right. I like that. Um, the maps were really good. I really enjoyed the traction control. Which oh, yeah, I let's, let's never, talk about that a little bit. I never have ridden with it, and I asked you how it worked because I didn't know um, how it actually worked. And uh, I did some laps with it on, and um, basically it just retards the motor a little bit. So when you're on the gas on hard pack stuff, the reel doesn't want to break out, and you start sliding all over the place. So the, uh, just to talk about what Dave was talking about, we, on top of this track that we had, the lower half, hilly side, was a little sandier. The top half was ruddy, square edgy, and hard pack and clay. And I told Dave, hey, map one, map two, but also try the traction control with either map. It works. And I told him just to go repeat that section a few times to see if you can really feel it. And you said to me, like, you came around the corner and just gave it the berries, mm -hmm. and that rear wheel just stayed straight. Yes, and I, I liked it in map two. Okay. That was my favorite map um, with the traction control on. And I really noticed the difference with it uh, and the KTM as well. Um, what, okay, let me ask you this. This is a magic question that people might ask me. Will you ever use that TC if that was your bike and there was a track that you went to that had both of these types of conditions? Would you ever push that button in that condition and then take it off? Or are you so focused on riding you wouldn't touch it? Uh I would actually use it. Yeah, because I feel like it doesn't take much to push it, right? No, it's once you once you know how to use it and use that stuff on the bike, especially today, actually riding with it, I could actually tell a difference. Yeah. And you know, obviously, you and Joe are much better riders than I am, but that kind of stuff, it maybe just works for guys of my caliber. I don't know, but I thought it was a really good deal for me. Steel frame bike. Do you notice any change from an aluminum frame when you're going um, back and forth to today? Me, not too much. Um, I mean, it definitely feels a little different. Feels a little more uh, flexy. It flexes a little bit more. It's not okay. as rigid as the aluminum frame to me, but yeah. nothing that I would be. Like I said, all these bikes are really good. It's uh, it's really hard to pick the order that they're in right now. But um, fourth, I mean, before we go to fourth place, the fork on this, you've not really, you've never really lived with an air fork, have you? I haven't. Um, we did it a little bit last year, so it's all pretty much new to me. But it worked pretty good. Yeah, I never had a chance to adjust it and try this or try that, but from today's stock settings, it was actually okay. It wasn't too bad. Um, fourth place, what do you got, Dave, since you're on the mic? Uh, I got KTM for fourth. It was really tough between the KTM and the Husky. Similar feel to you? Similar feel, <clears throat> for sure. Uh, motor, the clutch was pretty much the same. Um, they just, honestly, the KTM didn't feel as pogo as the Husky did to me, but... Um, what about... Okay, what makes... That's the only difference is... From you know fourth to fifth is just suspension feeling or Pretty what much about engine. The engine was good. It's engine as compared to the uh, the Yamaha. My number one choice isn't. Uh, it kind of for me, it hits hard at the bottom and kind of falls off at the top a little bit. That okay. was just how I felt about it. Um, and it just didn't feel. I didn't feel as comfortable on the KTM or Husky like I did my other, my top choices. Okay. Um, maybe that's just because of the chassis. I'm not sure, but it didn't feel as comfortable um, like the Yamaha felt right off the bat felt. Great. Cowie, great. And the KTM felt good, but I was a little sketched out here and there. It was kind of all over the place, a little bit, a little jittery. Uh-huh. Um, remind me of the Honda last year. Does, uh, mention this from Kelly, does the KTM and Husqvarna feel Euro? <laughs> does it have a different feel than the, the Japanese bikes still yeah. to you? Do they do? Now he says that? You said that? Yeah, they do. Yeah. And Joe, what do you got for fourth? Uh, I actually had the Husky fourth. Okay. Um. As far as like you just said, the Euro feel, I, I doesn't really bother me. I've ridden enough of the bikes that once I, mean, I you jump own a on, KTM, right? So yeah, and I've been on a KTM for the last couple of years. I've been riding the Suzuki that we've been doing the last few months, 
So for me, it's not, I think once you get used to something, like when I hopped on the Yamaha today, I'm like, oh, the tank area is huge. Within a lap and a half, you forget about it. So that's um, you weren't in here. So we're doing these podcasts in the studio, and another set of guys weren't in here and said the same thing you did. You know, hey, yeah, (laughs) we started laughing because, hey, man, it feels like a big girl. Like you go in the dealer, you're like, I ain't picking that girl. She's too big, right? But then you ride it, and you're like, shit, this girl's fine. Like yeah. one lap, you're like, I don't know if she's big anymore. She's just slim thick now, you know? Right. She blows your mind with her performance. That's yeah, what that's big what girls do. Yeah. She has a great <laughs> attitude, right? That's right. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. I yeah. got off sidetracked. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, but yeah, Husky fourth. Um, let, let, let me just break you down. We'll, just, we'll do this for you while we're here at fourth and third. So KTM for you is third. Yeah. What makes the KTM above the Husqvarna? Uh, the power. Just a little bit different. The, the the Husky felt a little more mellow Okay. Um, than the, the KTM did. And I also felt just a little bit, I don't know whether it was uh, bars or, or what, I just felt a little more comfortable on the KTM. Probably um, chances are you ride one a lot. So. Well, yeah. that. Uh, so just like the rider cockpit area of the – the KTM felt just a little bit better than the, than the Husky. They're very similar, obviously, but they're both like good, strong, linear power bands. Over revs great. You can lug both of these bikes in third gear. On a couple of the other ones, you kind of have to ride them like a 250F. But these were like, I first went out, you know, getting used to the track, and I was like, man, I, second should have a little more punch, and I realized I was in third gear. Okay. But I was able to lug it through tight corners and everything, this and that. And then... um I didn't really notice the pogo-y feel so much as like, is everybody saying with these two bikes, but I did notice a little bit of unsettled. So I think maybe a little too soft, maybe down in the stroke a little bit, kind of in that harsh feel. I didn't feel, um, it just felt a little jittery, uh, not as connected with the ground as I would like, not as much traction feel. Um, so that's why I kind of bumped them down in the order for me. Um, but uh, like both chassis obviously balanced, stable uh, on like big rolling stuff what about vibration we talk about like vibration a lot on 450s do you notice any more vibration on these two bikes versus the the aluminum frame bikes no i i don't really notice that stuff if i do like i said within a lap i'm used to it okay so for me that's not really an issue uh moving on to jay what you got for fourth place fourth i put the cowie okay um i really like that engine all through uh the only thing i didn't like was the the rear end was kind of low i felt like the I mic was, up to your face i felt like i was uh sorry i feel like i was kind first of bottoming timer. out first timer yeah he's a yeah. newbie here sorry guys palms are sweaty <laughs> he's, he's nervous man he's got like a pool of sweat around him anyway sorry sorry man go keep going You're yeah good. <clears throat> yeah it just it just felt like the the back end was real low so i i uh would kind of get into like a g out and then it would it would just uh, it would unload like it would, it would load on, unload on you and kind of yeah. be unsettled. Yeah, and then that would set me up for getting all cattywampus on the set you up for failure for the next corner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was good. I, I like the the cornering on it. The cornering kind of like because a lot of those turns out there, especially on the hard pack, where it would like go into a whoop and then turn. Yep. And uh, I don't ride that stuff every day, so yeah. I. I uh, Jay doesn't ride rough tracks a lot, so this was an eye opener for him. Yeah. So I don't ride any tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Give me <clears> one <throat> one standout quality about the Kawasaki, and then one standout negative. Uh, I'll do the negative right now. Just the 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 rear end. Okay. That's the only thing. Uh, the quality standout quality. Yeah. I, I would say motor motor's good. You like that because cow is snappy off the bottom. Has yeah. a good bottom mid pull. Yeah, like that long kind of sweeper going up the hill. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit choppy. Yeah, uh, I, that's why I felt like it was really good right there. Let's touch on something we haven't touched on before: crossbar seven eighths crossbar on the cowie. Do you like a crossbar? Or are you a crossbar less rider? Um, or does it? Do you give a shit? Not, not. I don't really give too much shits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I. Kind of grew up zero shits given. Yeah, zero shits for a Jay. <laughs> I, I kind of grew up uh, running uh, Renthal Fat Bars just from desert and stuff okay. like that. So crossbarless. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, third place, you have the KTM. So you have the KTM and Husky split with the Kawasaki, um, which isn't abnormal. Yeah. Just curious to why the Cowie splits these two bikes. Um, it's <laughs> it's probably a bias thing, but probably not. But I. I definitely felt more comfortable on the KTM. Yeah, and, I mean, but here's the thing: you have a KTM two-stroke. Yeah. So ergonomically, maybe you feel comfortable on it, but as far as engine suspension, it's completely different from yeah, what you're no, used to. For sure. Yeah. Um, the, the suspension was a lot better than the Husky for sure. I felt. Yeah. Because of. Um. It. It didn't feel like it wanted to. How am I going to explain this? Like, uh, it didn't want to. Like it wasn't pogoey for sure. Okay, so it's a little bit more planted feeling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I felt like I was on the ground more. Uh huh. Well, I'm always on the ground, but <laughs> you don't catch much air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it, no, the power was good. I, I didn't, you know, wheelie out of corners or anything like that. Let where, me ask you this: You have suspension done in your two stroke? Yes. Uh, no. So just stock torque seals. Okay, then, so do, is this stuff better than what you're running? I your, would say so. Yeah. And. Are you on a 4CS on your old bike? Yes. Okay, so yeah. fuck anything's burning that piece yeah. of shit. So yeah, yeah. Sorry for the people at 4CS life. It's it's a bad life. No, and, it's not good. Yeah. So he's on an AER fork. So that is better than his 4CS two-stroke life. So, um, power delivery. KTM Husky delivers the power more linearly. Doesn't have a like snappy like yeah. the Yamaha and the Cowie. Yeah, I you like prefer the, that. I like the smooth, just because especially in tight stuff like that. I don't want to be having to blow the next corner because I gave it too much throttle. So the smooth kind of gradually hitting the ruts like that is, is good for me. All right. Dave, <clears throat> what you got? Third. I got Honda for third. <clears throat> Ride red. So uh, the Honda feels good. Uh, the motor's awesome. Pulls hard. The only thing I don't like about it is the chassis. It just seems a little oh, nervous to me still. Chassis is good, Dave. Uh, I, to me, um, yeah. Chassis good, Dave. It always and every Honda I've ridden always just feels nervous feeling. Okay, uh, and that's just me. We figured that out last year doing the test that I'm yep. a chassis guy, um, and it's definitely better than it was last year, hands down. It just compared to the other bikes, it's still to me nervous in the corner and just kind of twitchy, and you don't know what's gonna do. And at, Yamaha at speed is, at speed, yeah, at speed. I'm like ah, this could be bad. What about in corners? Corners felt pretty good. Um, the motor, the forks were good. The suspension, I like the suspension. It was really good. And okay. especially getting it dialed in for my weight would make it better for sure. Um, Do you like, and you said, you know, you told me that the, the mid and top end power is good. I like the power. It just pulls, it likes to be revved. Yeah. The Honda likes to be revved. I noticed that compared to the Cowie and the Yamaha, 
I mean, these bikes like to be revved either way, but the Honda especially, you got to be on that power band for to get the power to the ground. It'd be aggressive. Yeah. Um, Big Air Todd mentioned something about the front brake. Did anybody? Did you like the front brake on the Honda? Yeah, or? I didn't really notice anything. Um, so you didn't notice anything abnormal, like I, hey, it's way better or not. No, I did okay. not. Um, Joe, what you got? We talked about your third place bike already, so let's move it on to second. Yeah, I had KTM third, so um, my second was the Honda. Okay, good. We can just kind of banter back and forth with Dave about this. So, yeah, why is it up a little higher for you? Hey, oh, hold on a second. Oh, here we go. Here <laughs> we go. Uh, I try and I tell my test guys, don't talk to each other, which they don't, but they'll come up and talk to me and we'll, we'll banter back and forth about a bike without other guys around. So Joe comes up to me and says, whoa, it's not looking good. <laughs> and I and without even Joe saying, I already kind of know where he's going with this. But then he didn't say much else. He went back out. hour later, he's like, oh, man, things have changed. So... What changed? I assume this was about the Honda. What changed for you later in the day? Yeah, initially when I rode it, I went from the first bike I rode was a KTM. So the front end on the KTM is kind of longer feeling out in front of you. You got the big fender sticking out there, whatever, visual. I don't know if it was visual or feel or whatever. Rode that a few laps, got used to the track, and then hopped on the uh, – and then obviously I'm I'm comfortable on the KTM, so – Biased, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Biased. But, well, this one finished ahead of it, so you can take your bias. And <laughs> Shove it up my ass. Shove okay. it. But um, so then I hopped on the Honda, and the front end felt short, like I was going to fall over the front type of deal. Um, so initially I was like, eh, I don't know. And then, um, like I said, with the, the linear power band of the KTM, it's uh, – you know, you could lug it in third, and I was kind of riding like that maybe. Um, and the, the, you can't really do that on the Honda. You got to you gotta be aggressive, like you said, with it. You got to keep it in second, rev it, and then shift at that right spot, and then it'll pull, and then the power's good. So We talked about that transmission with Big Air Todd and, and Kelly, how weird it is. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Like second, I thought, okay, second, and I got to shift this thing, but I was probably maybe halfway through you know the power band in second gear when i wrote it the first time second time i wrote it i'm like well i'm just going to rev this thing out and see what it does and it worked way better like it revved way longer yeah, than second I thought. gear pulls like and, a third yeah, gear yeah and continued to pull when it was revving right I'm like, oh okay a lot of things just rev out and then you're not going anywhere but right. this one was still moving forward and then you shift and third is a little short weird but it's still pretty good. Um, so once I started doing that and I rode it a little more aggressive, I started to feel pretty good on it. Um, and I didn't feel, and I don't remember, I think I had taken a break and was off the bike for 20 minutes or something. And then I hopped on it. So I didn't have anything to come like just off of like the KTM onto it. Right. Correct. So the thing when felt, you ride it first, kind of the track is gnarly yeah. and you and you got to get that feel of the track. Right. And you're like, Oh shit, this thing is like, it's bumpy and like stiff and rigid. And then you get on other bikes like, Oh shit, that magnifies everything. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing I was comfortable. The first bike I'm on, I'm comfortable with. And this track we're at, you know, pretty gnarly, got some pretty big G out, some pretty big sand whoops stuff. You don't really want to feel like you're going to, you know, fall over the front on and, and endo. So if you got something that's maybe raked out a little bit, front ends out, you kind of feel like you can wheelie through stuff. <clears throat> And uh, I didn't feel that initially, but I went back out on it, felt better on it. Um, corner's good. 
it's got that Honda fit and finish that's kind of unmatched, really. Um, like uh, the brakes, you mentioned that earlier. Somebody said about the brakes were great. The mm-hmm. front brake was excellent. I thought, which it's it's. Which is funny because Honda hasn't had the best brakes in a while. They used to be known for that, kind of like when we were racing. Yeah. But now they went away, and then it's kind of coming back again, I feel like. Because KTM and Husky, let's face it, they got pretty damn good brakes. Yeah. So. No, but the, yeah, so that felt good. Suspension, you know, bump absorption and everything. Um, all those little areas, like the, the tapered bumps kind of on the, the sides, you know, didn't have any kind of front-end deflection on that. Front-end stayed planted, so... I was pretty impressed with it and felt really comfortable on it second time out, so that bumped it way up. Um, Jay, second place, same. Good call on that. Uh, yeah, Honda. Um, I I don't know. I just I I've never ridden a Honda before, so my. Oh, you have never ridden a Honda. I've not a 250F for sure. Okay. Or what? What Honda have you ridden? Uh. <laughs> Oh uh, XR or 600. Yeah, it's going to be an XR for sure. No, it was a CRF uh, 250X, my grandma's old bike. Oh, boy. Yeah. So okay, anyway, fun. moving on. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the only one I have uh, hey, experience Pretty with. cool grandma rides. That is cr- yeah. Gra- yeah, yeah, grandma is cool. I know yeah. grandma. Grandma's cool. <laughs> yeah, the um, – I... So what do you like about this Honda? What what's what, When you went on it, what was the first thing you were like, boom, I like this? Suspension for sure. Okay. Yeah, going – like there's a couple sections where you wheelie over a couple rollers, and I I thought for sure it was gonna because they're off camber, so I thought it was gonna kind of skip towards that right. that downside, but it, it it stuck and yeah it was it was really good. The motor's good too. I was, yeah. So pulling power, <laughs> like we talk about Honda's not having the torque as this everyone's everyone's picked the Yamaha. We're gonna talk about that, but it's not so bad where you're like, oh, shit. I guess what I'm saying, it's almost like, kind of feels like, you have the mic, Joe, too. You can chime in. It almost feels like a Honda and KTM-ish, that linear feeling, and then it pulls hard. Yes yeah. or no? The Yeah. yeah. It's, Do uh, you feel like it like that? Do you feel like the KTM has more meat down low than the Honda, or is it similar? Um. I would say it's got the KTM's got a little more meat down low because, like I said, you can lug the KTM in third mm-hmm. if you wanted. You can't really do that on the Honda. So Maybe it doesn't that's have transmission, that. though. Yeah, it could be the gearing to tranny or whatever, but that that recovery that you talk about, like if you're in a deep, you know, there's a couple areas out there like we talked about. And there's some deep sandy uphills, and if you shift a little too early on the Honda, it'll kind of you know bog it down a bit, mm-hmm. and then it picks back up. The KTM, you can. It doesn't affect it. You could come out of the corner in third and just it's got that torque to kind of get you through that. Mapping, Jay, did you try it? I didn't touch anything. Good mapping. God forbid. I don't. That's like hopping into a spaceship when I see that stuff. I don't have any of that stuff on my <laughs> bike. Into a spaceship. I rode a. I rode a four fifty. <laughs> that's in the, actually good. I rode a four fifty. What the in fuck the, is this cluster on the handlebar, man? I don't know what to do. I, it's yeah. It's it's like I'm a, giving her all she's got. I can't give her any more, Kifa. Can't push it any faster, Kifa. So we're on. You were on map three because I looked at all you guys before you took so, off. Yeah. So you're on trace, which is aggressive. Okay, right. You good with that? Yeah, it was good. Okay, I liked it. Okay, um, cornering ability on the Honda for you? Oh, I I cornered good. I I was kind of. Does it make you want to be a motocrosser? Mm, I mean, got him thinking. No. Not really. I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't scoot up hot, like far enough to 
corner good. So okay. I kind of turn like a desert goon. So you're more a rear. Are you rear steering guy? Or are you front end steering guy? I. That's tough. Or I, do I, you know? I feel like I try to change because all I the time. watched you and I could tell you what you are right now. Can you tell me what I am? Yeah, you're rear. Okay. Yeah, because your, your ass I is have, a little bit farther back. I think it's just because it's so wide. What oh. is? My ass. Oh, your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, no, your ass, you got some back to you. Yeah, but you're a rear end steering guy. Um, and actually, as the day went on, I could see you got more comfortable and you could ride a little bit more, a little harder. Right. Um, so the, the Honda inspires some confidence in cornering for you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting that because I, I knew. Um, I mean, I don't want to go into it right now, but the Yamaha no, go, suspension go is oh, always yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. Good, yeah. So, but you would you would you say Honda's second, no matter what, in suspension? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to Dave real quick, so really, we can. It was really close, though. Like, it's close. I was right? back and forth. Yeah, even sure. at sunrise, the, the Honda and the Yamaha were close <clears> as well. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Dave's second place since we haven't hit that Kawasaki for you, Dave, which is shocking for me. Yeah. Because you I, haven't ridden a Kawasaki since the '90s, bro. Uh, I know. It's seen all the other guys what they're saying about the Cowie, but when I sat in the Cowie, it felt longer. Yeah, it just feels longer. Stab- and the rear stable. End, it just feels stable, but the rear end sagging in the back a little bit. I actually like that. It made me feel more comfortable. Um, the motor was good. I could lug it if I needed to, and it wasn't like the Honda where I had to be in a sweet spot to get the bike to to go. Yeah, you're right. The Cowie has more RPM response, more bottom end than the Honda. And I, for me, the kind of rider I am, I like the power to be there. Or the Honda, like. If you're not in the sweet spot, you're either bogging it or you've got a downshift, and then it's just it's a little bit harder to ride. Where the, the Cowie, just that feeling of the bike, the chassis felt really good, and the suspension was good. Yeah, what about suspension? The SFF fork, I'm not a fan of, but it seems to be okay um, for you. It was okay. I mean, it's nothing like the Yamaha conventional fork for sure, but the fork felt okay. I mean, it's something I could ride, and if I could adjust it more, maybe even be better, but... The conventional fork is just way better on the Yamaha for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the Yamaha, guys, because it's a unanimous deal here. And we'll just do a roundtable bashing of this Yamaha. At sunrise, it didn't win. I think the Honda actually had more wins than the Yamaha, but overall, the Yamaha nudged the Honda. Today, as promised, took a little while to get there, two weeks later, because of the weather. But we went to a rough track. This is where everything is magnified, okay? And that's is why the Yamaha wins. Yes, we know it has an engine. We know it's a good we know it's a good engine, right? And and with the 250 class, engine almost, I would say almost trumps everything. If you have a fast engine, you probably can get away with having slightly shittier of a suspension. But the good news is with this Yamaha, it has everything, dude. And chime in like like the Yamaha is plush, has comfort, um, it has a map switch that you can switch from two. So my, everyone freaks out on this too before you start. Use it's fucked up, Kiefer. Like uh, you're using maps, you know, you're putting loading maps in the Yamaha. It's not a you know apples to apples comparison with other bikes. Listen to me. the The Yamaha Power Tuner app is free. It comes with the bike. So this is why it's in the test. If Kawasaki had an app. It, we could change maps. I'm sorry, people. If you can change maps and it's free and it comes with a bike, it's in the shootout. I put my own Kiefer map that I created in it for map two and a standard map for map one. Most of us, I think, was in map two, yes? Yeah. Um, give us a well, – you're not a 250F guy. Why do you like the engine so much? It, the engine was just easy to ride. It was fun. 
Um, but today, this track is more, way more technical than Race Town is. Right. So today, like everything's the going into corners rough, coming out of corners rough. There's really no pace to rest on this track. So everything is definitely magnified, and the Yamaha is just super stable all the way around. Yeah, for me, it was. Uh, I I noticed like the first or the top three bikes pretty much. Um, Before we start, Jay. Yeah, yeah. What what number in order did you get on the Yamaha? I mean, from the, when we started. I rode the Yamaha last. Okay, so go ahead. So yeah. you rode the last. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, it was tough for me because I was going back and forth with the Honda and the Yamaha. So I went and rode the Honda again, and yeah, I I, I the suspension and everything was good. I I've used to ride Yamahas back in the day, and I always felt like they had good suspension, even after all the KTM's I've ridden. Right. But, um. You like that engine? Yeah. I also like, uh, especially the top three bikes, the, the width. Okay. Because I'm used to a desert tank, so. So that the width of this Yamaha doesn't bother you at all? No, no, not at all. And. He likes the big girl. Yeah, you like big girls. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's definitely, uh. <laughs> How do I how do I bounce back from that? You don't. You just keep talking about big girls. That's what we want to know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it definitely has some grunt too. Yeah, low end grunt. It's loud, yeah. Um, Joe as well. Yeah, just all around, it does everything really, really good. Um, power's awesome. You can lug it. You can rev it. You can even as annoying as the rev limiter is, it's still pulling and going forward. So it's. I don't know. For me, it was like, oh, I guess that's a warning. I should maybe shift, but um, it's still pulling. And then um, chassis-wise, good balanced. Um, there's a lot of sections that are on this track that are downhill. You're loading the front end, and then it kind of G's out before the corner, um, which, you know, a chassis, if it's got some bad spots in it, that's going to show it. And this thing just soaks all those up, stays very stable, um, sets you up for the turn. Um, what about lightweight feeling through the corner? Through the corner is was this it, the best bike in the shootout in that area? Nah, no. I think the the cornering, the initial turn in, and then through the corner, the Suzuki for me was the best at that. The initial turn in on the Suzuki is is kind of like unmatched. That comfortable, like you just. Whatever your front wheel is in, whether it's on a flat corner or a rut or whatever, the whole rest of the bike is following it. And I'm I'm a front steering guy. I don't really steer the rear. So that's really, really something I look for. Um, the Yamaha, once it's in there, then it's good. Yeah. Sticks right into the rut, follows it right around. You don't have to worry about it, like um, trying to crawl out of the corner on the high side of it or whatever, or understeering. Once you're in it, it's good initially. And, and I don't know if it's – I maybe feel like uh, my – I sit back a little farther on the Yamaha, and that's why I don't have that feel. I don't know if I do or not, but it's maybe – I don't know. But that was the only negative of it. Everything else, it does great. Do you have a negative, Jay? About the Yamaha? No, absolutely not. I, I, I would even think because – like the stuff we do, the big six series stuff like that, it would actually do pretty good in some of that high speed stuff as well. So yeah, we talked about weight. Along with weight comes stability and a planted feel. There are some negatives to weight: side to side movement, middle of corner, things like that. Um, maybe if you're a racer, 
you don't want all that weight because it's a little bit more to push around but we are dealing with 250Fs not 450s um, but I do feel like with some weight I do get more of a positive traction feeling so don't be scared and don't be uh, don't be the MXA guy that just cares about numbers. All I care about is that fucking numbers. I'm looking at a dyno. I'm looking at weights. I'm looking at weight biases. Just chill the fuck out. Like, ride the bike. Feel it. And then if you have an opinion, great. But don't go off of numbers and dyno graphs. It's, it's not real world. All of us sitting in the studio right now are, are human dynos. And you guys out there listening, same thing. You're the human dyno. You're the yes or no type of person. The paper that you're reading is not a yes or no type of thing. So always make sure, take into account real track time. That's what I'm trying to preach here. Dave, wax on. What do you like about this Yamaha? You own a Yamaha YZ450? Yeah. <clears throat> you you know, like a YZ250? Um, I like the Yamaha altogether. I mean, I'm, I rode the Yamaha last because I don't want to be biased on it. Okay. Because I knew that it'd be good, but... Oh, he said he knew it'd be good. Bias, you're out for next year. Done. I figured it would be good, but the suspension and the way the bike feels all together is just good. And the only complaint I have about the Yamaha that I noticed that the first day you did shoot out, it just sounds horrible. Yeah, it sounds the like shit. The muffler sounds bad. Like, I'm like, what? Travis Preston's riding it. It's mm -hmm. a brand new bike. And it just sounded, I'm like, is there something wrong with that bike or not? But uh, um, today, I mean, the bike runs good. And honestly, every one of these bikes are really good. They yeah. really are. It's just... Just a matter of type of rider, but the Yamaha is, is uh, just very such, noticeable. Just, yeah. We're talking about, in this podcast, the window slash box. This has a very wide window, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't need many adjustments to make no. yourself happy with this bike. These other bikes, that's why it didn't win, because you got to make minuscule adjustments to get you comfortable. Mm -hmm. We're all different weights here. We're all different types of riders here, and the Yamaha is unanimous, if that doesn't tell you something, yeah, I don't know what will. Yeah, and the Yamaha just—it's just an easy bike to ride. Yeah, that's for me. That's what it's all about. All right. Any final thoughts, Joe? Um, no. I mean, uh, anything is uh, any of these bikes is a good purchase. Depends on uh, what you can get a deal on, what you're comfortable with. Um, some might need a little bit more work than others to make them what you want, but you can't really go wrong with any of them. Right. So, Jay, I know you're mad of many words here today, but anything you'd like to talk about before we leave here? No, I'm just honored to be part of this whole no, shootout thing. So. The honor is all mine. Thank you for helping us Thank today. You. I think you're one of uh, of many people out there that are normal and maybe don't get a chance to ride all the new shit. I don't think you've ever done that. I No, I've probably ridden – my girlfriend has a 250F, Callie. But that's the only that's new bike the only you've one. ridden. Yeah. So a lot of these people out here, and that's just my audience, is blue-collar folk, and they don't get to fucking buy bikes every single year. So yeah. Jay here is your guy. That's your guy you should listen to because he comes from a two-stroke. What year is that two-stroke? It's a 14. Looks like a 08. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, thought it, I thought it was an 08, but it's, it's really a 2014? Yeah. Uh, so he's a 24. And, and this is what happens. You desert guys out there, it's, they just get blown out. Like, this well, shit is blown out. Joe, Joe, I have never seen anybody ride a bike as hard as Joe. Joe, he uh, did it. We did a team race at the Fire and Police race two years ago. Okay, let me just give you, let me paint this picture real quick. I'll quarterback this thing real fast before we get off of there. David is the epitome of perfection. Um, 
we grew up together. Dave had a nice truck. It wasn't the newest truck, but man, it did it look good. I mean, it was the nicest truck. Okay, it wasn't the newest, armor all to shit. But like if you sat the in the nicest. seat, you'd slide across the fucker and go to the other side of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We would come over to Dave's house, and there would be he would spray paint the underside undercarriage of his truck once a week. His his, Once a week. his cab smells like cotton candy and pink lemonade. I don't know if he just came back from the strip club or or Pet Boys or what it was, but it smells damn good. Like I'm like, dang, dude, I want to eat in this thing or bone or something because it smells <laughs> yeah. good. Um, Best looking truck. Dave's bike, Best new bike, bike, but it, it looks like it came from A1. Yeah. So. Like I think, you know, we need to do a comparison between Dave's bike, just take it into the A1 pits next year. No one even knows. And compare all the pack, factory bikes. Who's the bikes 74 guy? Against just, it, yeah. yeah. Who's this guy? Right. So Dave let Joe ride his bike at the police, Fire Police Grand Prix or, or whatever the fuck it was, and you guys team race. I wasn't there, but I could just imagine as Joe left the exchange and headed out <laughs> onto the track, the horror that was in Dave's mind. Because Joe... It's just... <laughs> He doesn't modulate with his brake. He modulates the power with his clutch. So it's just hammer time. And if you remember Joe from Supercross, whoops, it wasn't much finesse. It was just, I'm fucking going through these things. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm just hammering yeah, shit. Yeah, get her done. Yeah. Get so, her done. Get one. Go ahead, Dave. We want to well, finish the story. Out. And also the track at Glen Helen, too, it's a mixture of both the RM track, the national track, back, you know, the... The truck, track. the truck track and every rock you could possibly think of. So this thing's just getting pinned. And I see Joe on one section of the track, and the bike was screaming, like shift me. Yeah. And he come back, and the bike would be smoking like I could smell the heat. The clutch just burnt. the clutch was so. Sl- I'm like, oh my god! It's he did one lap. Yeah. Well, this went on for two hours. Uh-huh. When I got my bike back finally. I had to put a top end in it. The plastic <laughs> was broken. Here's the thing. It probably didn't really need it. It probably didn't. But Dave's like, oh, it's fuck now. Like, it's got you know, Joe it. time on it. Joe, it's like dog years for Joe. Every one hour is like eight fucking oh. hours. <laughs> it was – I put a clutch in it. The wheels were square. Um, but it, we had a good time. That's all that mattered. It's just so, a dirt bike, but it was fun. Yeah, so that's Dave. That's so if You guys want to relate to that? Yeah, it's on. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, over-exaggeration. Over exaggeration, dude. You hammer some. You're not Gary I, I, hammered, but no, you're no, no. hammered. Yeah, I'm hard on stuff. I'll yeah. admit that. Yeah, but it didn't need a top end. Didn't need a clutch. But he did look like, oh my god, like it, like probably a parent, you know, sending their kid off first time ever in a car. Right. When I left on his bike, he was like, oh my god, like pacing, you know, pulling his hair. Whatever. Well, he doesn't even have any hair left, but he was pacing, coming back, and you know. I hit every fucking rock I could find. <laughs> Just because. You were probably smiling the whole time. Yeah. You're like, oh, see that square inch? Fuck it. I want to hit that son of a bitch. Yeah. You're like, I don't even care if it's slower. I just want to hit it and just roach its shit out on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll end with this. There's there's two moments since I've known David. His truck was pristine, the one we were talking about earlier. Yep. It rained. And he's like, hey, Joe, let's go four-wheeling. <laughs> And he goes forward, and I'm like, okay, I just hop in. Like, I can't believe he's doing this. Oh, man. And we're splashing through puddles, getting sand on it, whatever. And we stop because he's about to run over a log. He's like, hey, look out the window. I'm like, well, it's dirty. I can't see. So I just roll the window down, and it goes, and I stop, and I look over, and he looks at me like he's going to kill me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, you already rolled it down. Just keep going. So I rolled it down, rolled it up, and he's like cringing. That was one moment where I was like, okay, he blacked out. I don't know what happened. <laughs> the second moment was when we were at the fire police race, and he goes, hey, Joe, we'll just ride my bike during the team race. And I'm like, you sh I can't believe he Sweet. said he offered yeah, it. That's what I said. I was like, okay, cool. Because you and I both know Dude, he don't offer that shit. No, I'm surprised. Like <laughs> so that's I'm like, shocking. Okay, let's do it. I didn't even second guess it. I'm like, if I don't take it now, it's going away. Right. So yep, I rode that sucker as hard as I could. Had that's actually rock, bump, a very, tree. It's very true, but might have took an off road excursion in through some trees. That I don't know. I just maybe. now know about. I just found out about. <laughs> no, I do remember yeah. you saying that. Hey, Joe rode my bike, and I'm like, oh, R.I.P. Your bike. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Hey, but you know, honestly. It's just a dirt bike, and I let any one of these guys ride it. Um, they're my friends. Not true. It is true, but nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> what I say? Uh -huh. <laughs> We're gonna end it on that note. Thanks, guys. <laughs>